A deep dive into the East End of Long Island, New York with people who are committed to making our beautiful community and the world a more enlightened place. We prize good vibes and offer hope for a brighter, more sustainable future. Join us as we explore at Hamptons Consciousness, the real Hamptons. Today, Enid and I are happy to talk to Jeremy Dennis, an artist of the Shinnecock Nation who has introduced a wonderful artist residency program in Southampton called Ma's House. Jeremy, thank you so much for taking the time. We're excited to be here. We're excited to talk to you. We just wanted to pick your brain a little bit. You came onto my radar because I do a lot of work with Guildhall and I see you and all of your art endeavors. And we have recently started learning a little bit more about Ma's House. And there's a bunch of local artists that are also involved. So why don't we kick it off with some uh, Ma's House info? Well, just to start, Ma's House is what we're calling this old family home here on the... By the way, we're at Ma's House right now. I know yep. that you guys can't see this. <laughs> so we just painted Ma's House red. There's probably 10% that still needs to be painted. We started back in June 2020 to restore this old family home that has been uh, vacant for the past four years. And the reason for that is just because it was having a lot of the uh, siding decay from water and weather exposure, the utilities were all shot and leaky and damaged. There's no heat in the entire house for that really four year period. And so with COVID and all the social distancing and things being canceled, I was living down the road with my family and we just got the idea of restoring this old house to both save it and also try to use it for some sort of um, maybe personal or artistic or communal reason. And so it was March where it was really the peak of COVID in this area in New York City. And then in June, that was a time that we really got the idea of working on the house just because it was starting to uh, really warm up and you can work outside and have this huge task of things if you really wanted to approach the project. So my father and I were the main ones who kind of agreed to do this project and restore the house to some sort of um, livable and using state. I think the first thing that really got us um, convinced was my uncle, who was going to retire here with my aunt, they said that they only needed $50,000 to restore the whole house and move in and retire here. And I said, that sounds great. Maybe I'll work on it and then live here until you retire and move in. So they agreed and later on said that we could just keep the house, which was great. But what I learned later on was that probably the uh, plumbing and heating alone <laughs> was just like, $48,000 just to redo that <laughs> and that was um, probably a fraction of the work needed to restore the house. There was just like new windows, new siding, new paint, new floors, new drywall, it's like everything. So um, what was the, I mean you said you got the idea, was it like overnight or over a long period of time or is it was it an organic kind of gestation? Yeah, a lot of things coming together like having that free time. I was supposed to be at an artist residency myself. And as an artist, I usually get most of my work done at these residency programs. And so that was uh, influence for creating this space and transforming it into an art residency and art uh, communal space. The other was the um, Black Lives Matter movement that was really uh, rising at that time in 2020 and the uh, murder of George Floyd. And this space is dedicated to the arts, but mostly for the primary benefit of um, artists of color. And the uh, mission of healing and coming together and just different uh, groups of people coming together for that same purpose and just to 
Oh, it's sometimes it's hard on the East End to get together because it's so segregated and we have like different uh, separations racially and economically and physically. And so we're building the Moss House to be some sort of example or some sort of hope of just coming together and undoing that, which I think more as I work on the project, it kind of aligns with, since we're here on the reservation, a native community, community itself is something that's really big and uh, traditional for us. So we're trying to infuse that into the mission where we go. Mm-hmm. And so far, who has been here and, and, and what, what have you accomplished this in the four months that you've been open? Oh, sure. We currently have our uh, fourth artist, uh, Bo Riri. Uh, she's a, a choreographer and painter. And our first three artists began in August 2021. So it's kind of been a constant mix of different people, mostly from Brooklyn, who come out. Sometimes it's a week, sometimes it's uh, two weeks. Um, our very first resident, Yan Yan, was a whole month. So, so how, how do you intend to promote uh, Ma's House going forward? I grew up with the uh, internet, and I think I was like eight years old when I had my first computers. Into computers and social media, and very familiar. So I think that's like a big benefit to just my growing up. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, um, even if they can't make it to our events, they stay in touch through social media, Instagram, Facebook, and the website. Do you want to give your accounts one? Oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead, give um, it to them, please. It's a pretty new account, but Instagram's the main platform. It's um, Instagram.com slash uh, Studio, or you can uh, just put in Moz House and BIPOC Art Space. And we have a website as well. It's www.mozhouse.studio. So it's uh, .studio instead of .com. In all those, there's no apostrophe, but in our official yeah. name, there is. <laughs> so I think that always gets confusing with different things. And what has the reaction been to the artists who've, who've been at Moss House? Well, it's uh, interesting because in my personal experience going to residencies, it's always like people who are on like their 10th residency experience and they're just doing residency hopping. But for Moss House, it's always been like first-time residents and people who have never been to a program before. So I think that um, I'm learning and uh, witnessing that like certain individuals or certain groups of artists, maybe racially even, feel excluded from certain programs and feel like maybe they don't belong or maybe it's not for them. Maybe they're not um, good enough for applying for that. And um, I think the great thing about Moss House and what makes it unique is the fact that I think the expenses are very low compared um, or relatively. So we can actually um, host artists and they don't have to have very commercial work. They don't have to sell anything. There's no pressure on them to <laughs> sustain Moss House to commission sales and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think artists uh, see that and see the mission as a more inviting space. And we only really ask for artists to participate in a public program. So it could be just like a meet the artist day or it could be like an open reception or it could be uh, doing a workshop with our youth. I think everyone who applies automatically just wants to work with Shinnecock in some way. For our first three residents, uh, or maybe the first two, I think COVID affected a lot of the connections and coming together. But our uh, third artist, Pamela Allen, she actually did a successful workshop with our Shinnecock youth. Oh, great. Uh, and what was that workshop about? Here at Shinnecock, we have a uh, Shinnecock Youth Clubhouse, and that hosts different programs for youth probably age uh, 10 to 21. And Pamela came out and helped redo the mural that's in that youth space. So she came with um, acrylic paints and primer and brushes. And um, she also helped uh, work with a nonprofit to donate those supplies to make it all possible. 
but she's a uh, teaching artist, so she was very versed in that and knew exactly how to start it. And she only came out for two days for that workshop, but they made so much progress. <laughs> a lot of impact, yeah. And what's the criteria? Like, how do people, if if there's a emerging artist or somebody that you know would like to apply, what's the criteria for them applying? I say any artist who pretty much like this is like their full time thing. So we do try to look for artists that we know they can benefit from being from this in this space or having um, like a larger space compared to their living situation now or just making new connections for them locally. So um, we try to get people who are serious about the arts. We also look for applicants who are just artists of color. So they can be any medium. We've had very young artists. We've had older generation artists come through. And I'm happy to bring people around and pick them up. But just being on the East End, I think having a car, <laughs> it's like a strange thing to say if you haven't been here. But um, just like to get groceries or like go to the local museum, it's hard to get there walking or biking. So I think that's another hard thing. to even just get off the reservation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're an artist as well. How, how, how was the Shinnecock culture inspirational for you being an artist? And what's your art and, and how, how do you want the world to view you as an artist? Well, I've been, I've been studying art uh, really since high school, doing oil colors, and then today I do uh, digital photography and portraiture and landscape. And all my art is based on Shinnecock ancestry and culture and history or representation. And so I want people to look at my art and, first of all, just be educated about Shinnecock presence, how we got to where we are today, our um, legacy from over 10,000 years of uh, continued presence and just to learn things that are unique to Shinnecock and so a lot of my art projects involve uh, going to different landscapes and documenting that scenery what has changed why that place is important and that's one project I have called on this site Indigenous Long Island which I started in 2016 and so when I was in my mid-20s I received a grant from a nonprofit called Running Strong for American Indian Youth this allowed me to go to these sites, get equipment, print and frame my images, and uh, sort of do different traveling shows and exhibits just to share some of this history. And so a lot of my work is kind of practical, just because um, when I first went to school uh, at Stony Brook, I went for computer science. I thought I'd be like doing coding and just like interesting problem solving on the computer. But I switched to uh, studio art <laughs> pretty soon after, so it wasn't really what I was expecting. But I think when you make that shift from computer science or engineering to something like visual arts, you have to do something practical with it. So I wanted to do, well, as much as I could, like pretty pictures, but stuff that could educate the public. So I think every single project I've done since then had some sort of element of education or something you can pull away from each image. And each image has an importance to why it was created. And what's the name of your website again? Can you tell us? Oh, Tell yeah. our audience that one more time. My um, portfolio is uh, com, and that probably has at least eight or nine different projects, including the Moss House project. So if you wanted to look at any of my past work or what I'm working on now, um, that's there, and the schedule of my current and upcoming events. In what ways do you integrate with the Southampton Art Center, um, Guild Hall, etc.? Well, the Southampton Art Center, I've worked with them on... Uh, multiple shows just as an independent artist and their group shows and I've attended as kind of a vendor for their outdoor events and uh, fairs and things like that. I've also attended a lot of their just cultural nights and film nights 
they try to be more and more inclusive of different groups on the East End. So it's not just the old tradition of older white masters that are European or American. <laughs> so they're trying to include more Shinnecock-themed programs and be more inviting so that it truly represents the demographics of people out here. And with Guild Hall, we actually launched two Gather Series programs in association with Moss House. So those involve artists or leaders of color, specifically um, on the East End, usually indigenous or black. And they did uh, different history and art presentations. We did one that was based on just an artist portfolio, another on paddling here on the Shinnecock Coast. We did one that was just kind of a dinner uh, theater program. So we're uh, hoping to continue this all year round, um, year to year. So that's something that I'm really excited about because uh, Moss House is very modest in size and space. But working with more established institutions, you can use their space, their resources, and have a mutually uh, beneficial uh, program. So you've seen over the years a shift on the East End to more of acceptance of, of indigenous culture and mm-hmm. art? Mm-hmm. I try to sit down with my mom as much as I can and listen to her stories because she's a, a visual artist. That's what she went to school for. Uh, her name's Denise Silva Dennis. And um, she always tells me stories about how in her day, even though she's a generation before me, it was um, unaccepted for her to uh, be a painter as a both a woman as a, and as an indigenous person because women should have been maybe, for example, working in fabric or... As a native person, you can only work in ceramic or um, weaving and things like that. So I think it was just that one separation of generation that I was actually able to pursue the arts and be uh, respected or taken seriously and for the value of the work and economically to sell work. Do you think, like, will you monetize it? Like, have the different, like, merchandise? Like, if an artist comes here and produces, let's say they have a craft that they... Like, will that be up on the website or will you integrate maybe to have that, you know, sold locally? We, we are really working on that. We're really grateful that we still have a little bit of funding left. And I'm using a lot of just personal funds as well to put into the house. But our very first artist, Yan Yan Huang, who's a drawer and painter, she was here for the entire month and she didn't have a vehicle. So she was just, I think for the first week, she was just kind of struggling. And then she just sat down and just painted all day, every day. So she has maybe like 400 uh, individual pieces upstairs that we have to photograph and list and title and um, hopefully sell. And it'll go 50-50 between her and Ma's house. But we're hoping to uh, ship to a nonprofit Mm -hmm. status. So that 50% might go to like 15% and the rest goes towards the artists. And then we can pursue grants that help with the operation and get donations that help. So the artist doesn't really have to (laughs) feel like they're personally trying to sustain the space um, since it's really for them. So, so what did, how would you describe the spirit of Ma's house? Because mm-hmm. you named it for Ma. What, what is Ma's spirit? Ma's my grandmother, Loretta Silva, on my mom's side. Uh, she was a stay-at-home mom. She stayed home and took care of her six children. And even my sister and I, my older sister Kelly. So when we were growing up, she was always here. And that's where you would always find her. And so that's why it became Ma's house. My um, grandfather and her got divorced, so he moved away, and this just became kind of her, like, what it was known for her. And so when she passed away, she told my mom that if nothing else, like if it's not a family house for shared use, she wanted it to be a museum for Shinnecock history and family history. So we're still in the renovation process, but we want to have eventually that salon-style display on the walls of um, family and 
um, Shinnecock history and captions. So I think that'll fulfill that mission, but we're also going to do like a whole other like artist residency and exhibit program as well. Um, we don't have a accessibility ramps, so that can be limiting and some of the spaces in, inside are a little bit dangerous for a parent artists who want to bring their children or people with accessibility concerns. So we do want to just be cautious of that until we finally like <laughs> fix the gaps and mm-hmm. have a ramp and just make everything a little bit more safe. It must be really inspiring though to see this vision come mm-hmm. to life though, right? Oh, absolutely. And how, how many years again has this been in the making? I think, well, June 2020 was when we really started mm-hmm. and it passed June 2021 uh, not too long ago. So it's a little bit over a year that we've been really working and then it was just august that the residency program started hopefully we'll keep the momentum going with different programs as well and how do you find art to be healing in the east end that's one of the questions i had for you because our show is about trying to restore the spirit of the east end how is this part of that do you think uh well here at shinnecock we're a, a pretty small community and i think like the number one thing that people want for outsiders to know is just that we're still here as a people and so um, I think artists historically have always worked in, uh, to represent things that need to be shown or need to be said. And so I'm hoping that I'll inspire other Shinnecock artists to pursue the art or at a very young age just get curiosity going, even if they don't stay in the art field, just to uh, benefit their upbringing and hopefully encourage um, adults to also take part. And I think at the very basic sense, like coming together to make like arts and crafts is like something <laughs> that I think is just fun on its own and like so often even though I have like first and second and third cousins all throughout the reservation I usually don't see them too often unless it's the powwow which happens uh, once a year. I want Ma's house to kind of be seen as sort of like our grandmother's house where you can always come in and get like a <laughs> sugar cookie or you could like get one of those. A welcoming like, space. Exactly. Yeah. Like it just... And what's your favorite thing about creating art on the East End? I think it's exciting for me because um, even though I know there's other artists who are Shinnecock who came before me in different art uh, collections and have had provenance in different art venues here on the East End, I think they really haven't been embraced as much as uh, what's possible today. So I'm hoping to, just as an individual artist, be a beacon of inspiration for other Shinnecock youth and uh, follow their footsteps before me. And so I always try to be inclusive whenever I get an opportunity and say, like, this is something cool and it's something in the arts and we can all come together and benefit or tell our own story in that way. So I think that that's what I would say. Great. That's pretty much what we can. I mean, anything else that you want to share with our audience or share with young artists? Well, if it's uh, being broadcast on the East End specifically, I'd say. Yes, um, it will be. All right. (laughs) Uh, a lot of people have questions like, how can I visit Ma's house and when is it open? So we usually just do by appointment. So you can always email or call or uh, send a message on Instagram. And I think that's just to make sure that we're here and not at like the supermarket. And <laughs> well, yeah, are there specific hours? That's a good point. Like if somebody's on the East End on a Saturday or a Sunday. So you would recommend that they use Instagram to contact you ahead of time in mm-hmm. order to arrange a visit is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Because okay. I don't want it to be closed and then I won't drive all the way down here and not mm-hmm. have any tour or anything. <laughs> yeah, just by appointment, so send a message. Really cool. Great. Thank you well, so listen, much. Well, listen, thank Dad. you so much, Jeremy, for sharing your time and, and your, your space story. with us today and your story. It's really exciting. Oh, well, thank you all. So, thank so you excited. so much. Yeah. Thank you. Ma's house, you guys. Come visit.
Thanks for tuning in to Hampton's Consciousness. Enid and JB look forward to seeing you again in future episodes. Remember, the real Hamptons is not just mansions, beaches, and the rich, but a fragile, natural paradise made up of people who care about their community and the world west of Shinnecock Canal.